Good morning and welcome to our morning service for this, the fifth Sunday of Lent. Uh, as it's a fifth Sunday of the month, this service would normally have been coming from All Saints, Burnham, Sutton. Our readings for today, when we come to them, in case you want to follow them, are from Ezekiel chapter 37, 1 to 14, Romans 8, 6 to 11, and the Gospel is from John's Gospel, chapter 11, 1 to 45. We open our worship with a quiet moment of morning has broken. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We have come together in the name of Christ to offer our praise and thanksgiving. To hear and receive God's holy word. To pray for the needs of the world and to seek the forgiveness of our sins. That by the power of the Holy Spirit we may give ourselves to the service of God. Jesus says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. So let us turn away from our sin and turn to Christ, confessing our sins in penitence and in faith. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us, and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And so the collect for the fifth Sunday of Lent. Most merciful God, who by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, delivered and saved the world, grant but by faith in him who suffered on the cross we may triumph in the power of his victory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is taken from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. 
So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Our second reading is from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 6 to 11. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life The spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Our short gradual hymn is Be Still for the Presence of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. A certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, 
it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews, who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. 
But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upwards and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. This is the Gospel of Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, please, if you get an opportunity, would you take a look at the National Gallery website and find the painting by Sebastiano del Piombo, P-I-O-M-B-O, and try to look at it as I begin this talk. In the League of Table of Miracles, the raising of Lazarus is near the very top and amongst the very best known, and deservedly, for it is a great event. Even so, I was surprised by Sebastiano del Piombo's painting, which shows a much larger crowd than I ever imagined streaming out from the town. There are people really pressing around Jesus, and to me, more surprisingly, around Lazarus. And look how healthy he is. It feels even more surprising, perhaps, in the light of our social distancing. But somehow, even before that, I always thought I would be seeing this from a distance, afraid of what was going to happen when Jesus said, Take away the stone. I'm sure that hearing that I would step sharply back and certainly would not be like the young man on the right of the picture peering over Lazarus's shoulder to get a better look. But perhaps Piombo has the better idea. For indeed, we read early on that Jesus intends this to be for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. For which reason he stayed two days more, even though he loved Mary, Martha and Lazarus. He continued this thought, saying to the disciples, For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go to him. But Jesus wants to be close up. 
This account of Lazarus only appears in John's Gospel and its absence from Matthew, Mark and Luke has led many to question its truth. After all, if it is so significant, and it was certainly dramatic, why would the other Gospel writers have left it out? Readers, considering Jesus' miracles, are sometimes tempted to explain them in terms of modern medical understanding. But the details of this particular miracle, as John tells them, make it difficult to explain away like that. Dead for four days, laid to rest by his sisters, wrapped in the grave cloths, the tomb sealed up. We are left in no doubt that Lazarus is dead and that people, his closest relatives in fact, have seen him so. And all this points out the magnitude of the miracle. Still, you may have some doubts. When Somerset Maugham visited China in 1919, he made observations of what he saw and heard in a set of notebooks, which, by the way, were yellow. Uh, but from these, he later produced a set of stories. One of these, only recently published, talks about stories themselves. The tale concerns the Japanese, who, wanting to build an ocean liner, applied to a firm of shipbuilders for a design and a quotation. The shipbuilder sent both, knowing that the Japanese would never accept the quotation. And so when the Japanese, of course, built the ship themselves from the plans they had received, it was found to have a great design flaw. It was so top-heavy that it would only remain vertical if the hold were filled with a great deal of concrete. But when you did that, the boat was commercially unviable because you couldn't put anything in the hold. Morm's short story says and explains that this very doubtful happening was being told the length and breadth of China by everyone he met. And he goes on to say that they tell it all in their own way. Now maybe you think Lazarus was not raised, but the story of Lazarus is told, retold, depicted in classical and modern art, and has a proverbial presence in our culture. Part of the miracle is that the story is told the length and breadth of the world. We believe Jesus could have done it, and that he intends us to hear of it. If we go back for a moment then to the picture in the National Gallery, the crowd is good, for Jesus wanted the world to know. The closeness is good, for he wanted the world to see. So you can guess what it is I'm going to say. We may not just now be able to be physically close to one another, and please do socially distance yourself, but not from Jesus because Jesus wants us close to him and he loves us close up. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for the church and the world and let us thank God for his goodness to us. Lord, we pray for your church in our country, challenged now by the doors that are closed. Let the buildings not limit our presence or our worship. Hear our prayer and supplications as we come to you in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for the whole world. Every country will face specific and individual challenges. May their governments and leaders have the discernment to put in place those provisions and restrictions that are right for them and for their people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for the leaders of our country who, confronted with a plethora of issues needing decisions for the nation, need your guidance. Help them discern the things of most urgent need, not forgetting the long-term strategic views. Be with them, Lord, in their reflections, in their speaking and their actions. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, who walked among the sick and did not fear to be with the most ill, draw alongside all our health workers wherever they are, strengthening them in their work, uplift them in their spirits and give them the rest they need to serve us well. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father in heaven, we bring before you all who are ill, in any way. Those, of course, that we know, 
and the many that are known only to you. And so in a moment of quiet, we each bring those who are on our hearts and our minds. Lord, strengthen all those who suffer, whether in mind or in body or in spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We bring before you, Lord, now the families and friends who have lost loved ones this week. Every unexpected death brings shock, and in these peculiar days especially so. We pray for those who grieve. We pray for those who are weeping. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father of all, embrace your world in its present sadness. Help there to be a breakthrough in research to combat the coronavirus threatening so many. Inspire our scientists. Give them knowledge and insight. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And we join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our concluding hymn this morning is Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. Now we come to our blessing. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us go in the peace of Christ to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.